Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local. It's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Good Tuesday morning to you, and welcome into Hour 3 here of the Bart Winkler Morning Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. We are live here from the Lakeland University Studios. Earn co-op credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. We'll talk about the Wisconsin Badgers. So yesterday, the AP poll released their initial college football rankings for the season. Where do you think Wisconsin was ranked at? Pretty typical. Number 18. Number 18. You want to talk about it? 414 677 1250. Again, 414 677 1250. Or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. So just looking at this Badgers team going through, and Tim and I are going to win loss this record coming up in just a little bit. But some big things for this team. They are going to have high expectations once again going into this season. Out of teams in the Big Ten, there's four of them. Five, if you want to count the future member, USC. You got Ohio Ohio State ranked at number two. You have Michigan ranked at number eight. Michigan State ranked at number 15. And then you've got the Badgers ranked at number 18. So what kind of expectations do you have for them this year? And do you think that they should have been ranked higher or lower? Because I think, to me, 18 sounds about right. Does that sound right to you, Tim? Uh, usually, yeah. I mean, that's where they usually start to, to uh, yeah, right around start there. off a season. So, yeah, I think it's a fair ranking. Well, and a lot of this season's going to come down to one guy. And I think it was the same thing last year, and he didn't live up to it, and you had a disappointing year. It's going to rely on Graham Mertz. Like, obviously, he's not going to be the driving force. It's going to be. Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen working together. And I'm excited to see when you have Braylon Allen, what he's turned out to be working with Ches Malusi. That's going to be a fun one-two punch right there. That's going to be fun to see. But I don't know if I expect Graham Mertz to take that step and be able to get you over the hump. Like, 
Is he ever going to live up to the expectation from when he was recruited and first came into Wisconsin? I think we can already say that's a no. I just don't think he's ever going to live up to that. But can he at least get going in the right direction so that he can be a competent quarterback? I don't know. Last year, he was awful. I didn't go to a whole lot of Badgers games, but I was at the season opener against Penn State, and he just doesn't give you a whole lot. Painful. He was painful. I went to a bunch of games. I have uh, season tickets, and it was just the same thing every week. It well, and just... I, Tim, how excited are you for the Badgers? Um, yeah, I mean, let's just wait till they play Ohio State, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and, and where do they rank? Like in terms of your favorite teams, where do they rank? They're up there: um, Brewers, Packers, Badgers. Probably, I mean, it's probably third. All right, all right, yeah. Yeah, I just see for me, like, you know, we, we got to get excited for football season and college football's around the corner and Wisconsin Badgers, obviously a big thing. I can't get excited for this Badgers team. Last year, let me just read you the stats again. In 13 games for Graham Mertz, completed less than 60% of his passes for under 2,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, 11 picks. Like, am I supposed to get excited about that? No. I'm excited about Braylon Allen. I'm interested to see what this defense can look like after you lose some guys. And, I mean, Jim Leonard's a phenomenal coach, so I think everything's going to be fine there. So I'm excited to see what they can do, but, I mean, I don't see them. They're not contending with these top teams in the Big Ten. No. They're not beating Ohio State. So is this just another year for the Badgers where eight, nine wins, get into the Big Ten Championship, lose in the Big Ten Championship, go to a decent bowl game? Is is that just kind of the expectation for yeah. the Badgers at this point? That's what it seems like. I don't – I always want to say, you know, compete for a playoff spot, but – I just don't think that's typical, ever a realistic thing. The typical thing. Badger fan is always, you know, like realistic. Like, well, okay, let's, you know, fight for a Rose Bowl spot, play in the Big Ten Championship game, maybe somehow pull it off if they can. If not, you're playing Ohio State more than likely or Michigan. So yeah, I, I, I just, just I don't like. I can't get on board with a team that's quarterbacked by Graham Mertz at this point. Do you think he plays the whole season? Apparently, there's a there's a QB battle to play game one, and there should be. That dude hasn't guaranteed himself a spot to be the starter, which is crazy. Because now I do want to say that I thought last year they didn't put him in the position to succeed. I don't think they put him in the best position to succeed. I went back and watched some of the Penn State game and some of the other games uh, before they kind of faded into irrelevance in terms of you know big picture for the Badgers. And I thought they did a poor job of putting Graham Mertz in his most successful situations. And I'm interested to see that now you bring in a new offensive coordinator in Bobby Ingram. Do you get a little bit of a different look on offense? Do you get a little more of a balanced attack is what I saw Evan Flood wrote about them in 24-7 sports saying a more balanced attack, which for most teams would mean that they're going to run it a bit more. For the Badgers, it means that they're going to air it out a bit more because they're generally a team that's going to live on the ground. And then the other question is, is this offensive line actually going to play like a Wisconsin Badgers offensive line or is it going to play like the line that played last year? So if it, you know, if those couple questions get answered and they have a stout offensive line once again, like you're used to seeing at Wisconsin, 
And if this offense does change a little bit to play a little more to his strengths, then I think you could see him be a solid quarterback. But, you know, we're going to go win-loss this here in the next segment. Do you see them actually being a team that's competing for anything more than, I don't know, just getting into the Big Ten Championship? Because I just don't. And is it ever a is there ever going to be a time for the Badgers where they're actually competing for a college football playoff spot and trying to win that? Or is it just going to be this thing where they're consistently a 2-3 loss football team and they get into the Big Ten Championship, which is that even going to be guaranteed once whatever they decide to do with the conference, once UCLA and USC join, is that going to be a guaranteed thing anymore? Or is it just going to be now that the Badgers are this consistently good football team who's you know, right there on the fringe of the top 25 for the whole year, either they're right inside of it or just outside looking in, and depending upon what happens that week, they can fluctuate in and out, but they're never going to be a team that cracks the top 10. I think with uh, if they do decide to go just one big conference and not have an East and West, that they may never sniff the Big Ten championship game and just take the t- two top teams like the, who does that, the Big 12? Mm-hmm. right now does that i don't think they'll even come close because that that east coast division right now is loaded yeah it's i think it's a really interesting thing when that comes about and i'm not a huge fan of all this realignment stuff i mean for the big 10 so long it's been that you were a midwestern conference right you're gonna have the iowas the wisconsin's the minnesota's ohio state those teams, Illinois. Now you already breached, branched out into the East Coast with Rutgers and with Maryland, and now you're going all the way to the West Coast with two LA teams and USC and UCLA. I mean, where does this all end for college football? Are we just going to end up with like three mega conferences or four mega conferences? Three, three or two, possibly. This is going to be, I think I heard someone say this, I think it was Sparky, that you're going to have ESPN versus Fox, CBS, and NBC. Basically. Pretty much. And if we're doing that, shouldn't that be the college football playoff at the end of it? Pretty much. Whoever wins each conference you meet in the playoffs? I mean, I think that's a good... If we're going to do that, let's go all out and do that. Now, the problem is, one of these conferences is inevitably going to get the short end of the stick, and it's going to be some random team that gets in that shouldn't, like Oklahoma's of the past and those sort of things. I mean... It's just so crazy to me that all of this changed so quickly. Do you think this has anything to do with NIL, or is this something that was going to happen anyways? I think it was something that inevitably was going to happen. Because that's what I kind of think. I think the timing of it makes it seem like NIL was a big part of this. Yeah, I don't really think it is. I think part of it is this was already going to happen. These teams wanted to go to the big conferences because you get more money there. And I I think it's crazy this shows you the power that these media deals have and why it's so important to these different franchises, not just in college, but in professional sports as well. Sparky's dead on, or whoever said that, that it's just going to end up being these deals for ESPN and Fox and Mm -hmm. these competing markets uh, against each other, and that's going to be the conferences. It's going to be called the Big Ten, but it's actually Fox. You know, like It's going to (laughs) be called the SEC, but it's actually ESPN. Yep. And I, I think that's kind of crazy that these kind of media giants have that kind of pull. But, I mean, that's what it all depends on. You know, as much as you hate it, like, that's where they get their money is from these things. You watching these games on TV and 
paying to see these teams. I'm interested to see what this means for all these things. Like, you know, you have all, what is the Big Ten leaving ESPN? What does that mean for basketball games? Yeah. And what does that mean for, you know, trying to watch the Badgers during their basketball season? Like, there's a bunch of things that go into all of this. And I think college sports, as we know it, is about to change quite a bit. And it's already changed quite a bit. I can only imagine how much crazier it's going to get down the road. I, I'm interested to see what happens, but at the same point, and maybe it's just because I'm a 23-year-old who has an old soul, I kind of liked things the way they were. I just liked being able to turn on college football on a Saturday, not even worry about all this extra stuff that's going on. And I, I'm for the NIL stuff, but I still think it's crazy that the NCAA didn't see all this craziness coming. Did you see the commercial with the coldest Crawford? No. Is it <laughs> the coldest Crawford? I think he plays for Nebraska. He signed a NIL deal to do a commercial with a HVAC company. <laughs> Tell me if that's not perfect to do air conditioning when your name's the coldest. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's the bill. Yeah, it, Robert Griffin the third tweeted out said. People are going to start naming their kids DeFerrari, DeRolls-Royce, <laughs> just trying to get these NIL deals. But I think it's crazy that some of this stuff has happened and where college football, where college sports in general have gone. I don't know. Hopefully that it, it doesn't all just get too out of hand and go away altogether. I don't think it would ever go away altogether, but go away as we know it. Do you see the NCAA policing this NIL They have to. Stuff? At some point. They have to. Uh, the NCAA was crazy because any person with a brain could have told you that it was going to get out of hand if you didn't have some sort of policing of this, right? Like anyone could have told you that, hey, if you just allow these people to do whatever they want, they're going to go to the schools that end up paying them the most money. And I mean, th- that was pretty obvious. Now they're acting like, whoa, whoa, whoa we, we didn't see this coming. How could you not see this coming? How could you not? This was right in front of you, and you just didn't do anything about it. Now they're going to have to try and go back on it, and I think that's making it even harder than it was if they would have just went ahead and had all this stuff in place ready to go when inevitably you were going to allow NIL. I don't know. I, I, college sports over the last, what, two years, three years has just changed so much. I'm not a fan of it, but I think it's the world we're going to live in where at least for the next couple of seasons it's just going to be mayhem where things are changing in and out, all over the place, people changing conferences, NIL deals, getting bigger and bigger, and all these different things. I think eventually it balances out because I can't keep paying this dude $5 million for an NIL deal or whatever these guys are getting for a guy that's not ever going to make it to the league or a guy that's not even at some point starting on their team anymore. Think about Spencer Rattler last year, and I'm sure he had some NIL deals, and then he ends up losing his job. So there's no way that I can do all those sort of things and then have a guy just not be the dude anymore. So I think it all evens out eventually, but I do think the NCAA has to police some of this. I'm interested to see how they do it because I think that they're going to, but I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know what's going to be the full consequences of it, but it's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I want to real quick run through the top 10 from the rankings, and then we'll take a break and go through that Badger schedule and win-loss it. But looking at the top 10 for the college football rankings, You have at number one, and not surprising at all, Alabama. Number two is Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. This one surprises me because I just don't think they're going to be all that good. Number four, Clemson. Five, Notre Dame. Six, Texas A&M. Seven, Utah. Eight, Michigan. Nine, Oklahoma. Ten, Baylor. Clemson, I don't see being all that good. 
I'm not sold on their quarterback, G- DJ Uyangalale, and that's who they're going to roll with again this year. I don't see them being all that good, so maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll talk to Horvat at some point again, and he's more the college football expert than me. He knows all this stuff. I think he's big on Utah again this year. I don't know some of these dudes. I know bits and pieces here and there. I'm more so a pro sports guy, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for college football season to be back, too. Utah has a big game right out the gate. They play at Florida. Ooh, so that is a big one. That will be a good test and to see measure where Utah uh, is in the Pac-12. Are you a pro sports guy or a college sports I guy? I love college sports. Okay. I do. You strike I, me as college, college, sorry, college football. Yeah. And then basketball, too, I guess, when it comes. You strike me as a college sports guy. I love college football. I love a good Saturday morning just watching football. I do. So Yeah, see, I'd rather watch the NFL. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love watching the NFL, too. I'd rather watch the NFL. I'm a pro sports guy. I don't know why, but that's just where I'm at. Maybe it's because uh, one thing I've noticed being in Wisconsin as opposed to growing up in Virginia you guys love your college sports more than we did on our, at least where I was from. College sports with us, like it was, it was all right, but it was nothing ginormous. Like out here, it's like arguments. Like, I'm from Iowa. Screw Wisconsin. I, I hate Michigan. And yeah, all this that's, stuff. I mean, Iowa has nothing else but two college sports teams. Yeah. Iowa no, I, and Iowa I think State. it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool. I do like that. All right, we're going to go through the Badgers schedule next here. You want to give us a call again, talking about the Wisconsin Badgers, 414. 414- 677-1250, We'll get into some Packers talk in just a little bit, but we'll go through the Badgers' schedule next here. We'll win-loss it with you guys. Again, 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AM. The Fan, more of the Badgers, comes up next here on the Bart Winkler Morning Show on 1250AM. The Fan. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 12.50 a.m., The Fan... Bart Winkler Morning Show. Toby Altizer alongside Tim Shea. Tim, I was just in the kitchen here. Mm-hmm. I was heating up a burrito because I was getting hungry, so I had to yeah. go get some. You ever had bison? Because I was in there, Riggs from the station here, Kiss FM, yeah. was heating up a bison burrito. Can't say I ever have. Is that something you try? Maybe. Did it smell good? It looked incredible. What, it looked incredible. What did it look like? Like I mean, just a regular burrito. I think it was. Or... I think yeah. I think it was kind of like ground beef, but ground bison. Okay. Said you can go get it at Pick and Save. Interesting. Is that something you try? Maybe. I think I'd be I down mean, to yeah. try it. Yeah. What's the most exotic thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> um. Let's keep this PG. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> Um, I think at the state fair, I had like those exotic like meats. Well, you okay, know? yeah. Like, well, like, like which ones like though? Crickets. Oh. Okay, so my mom lived in Cambodia <laughs> for a little while, and we went to. I forget what someone was talking about this when uh, they did draft mockery of places you want to visit, mm-hmm. and they talked about Angkor Wat. You know what I'm talking about? Angkor Wat. It's like an old temple. Yeah. Yeah. So we were going to Angkor Wat. So we we had this driver taking us up there to Siem Reap, where it is in Cambodia. My mom mm-hmm. lived in uh, Phnom Penh for about a year, well, a couple years. And so I visited her. We're driving up there. We stop at this market where they roast bugs. Uh, yum. It's disgusting looking. Did you try them? No. So then what's the most exotic thing you have? Uh, I'm trying to think. Because they had all the stuff there, like it, like they had little maggots. My buddy was in crickets, uh, Costa Rica, cicadas, Mexico, and he was he he was eating fried ants and just uh, disgusting stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the most exotic thing. I like had like kangaroo and stuff because my mom also lived in Australia for a bit. Okay, yeah, kangaroo. That is, I've never had that before. I don't know that there's anything. Oh, you know what I've had? I'm half Filipino. I had balut. You know what balut is? I have no idea what that is. Look it up. It's disgusting. I think it's B-A-L-U-T, balut. I think the way that they make it, I don't know that I had like a traditional balut, but it's basically a very bad version of a hard-boiled egg. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's the most exotic thing I've had. Yeah, you win. Yeah, that one's disgusting. That one is disgusting. Very much so. Oh. You would never have that. Come no. on, <laughs> I'll bring some by for you sometime. No. When, my, when my dad comes to visit, I'll uh, I'll bring some by for you. You and Bart. Oh my gosh, no, Bart first. <laughs> if Bart eats it, then I'll eat it. Oh, I'll I'll bring some potato wedges to wash it down with, and a frosty chino to make sure it all goes down at least. But <laughs> it'd be interesting to see you guys try that. If you if anyone wants to go see it, go go look this up. B a l u t. Yeah, balut. Yep. Ugh. I mean, it's not good. My dad loves it. They like just sit around and it's like their appetizer. Like we chi- we snack on potato chips. They're like snacking on that. It's like really odd. But I mean, hey, to each their own. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> I need to get this off my screen. Speaking <laughs> of random things and eating random things, the Badgers, I'm the king of terrible segues. I really am. These are awful, but it's what I do at this point. Speaking of the Badgers, let's go through and look at their schedule and win-loss this thing, Tim. All right, so I went through last night, kind of went through mine. I'm sure you've taken a look. So let's go through and come up with like a collective, what we think, just initial thoughts on the Badgers' season. Mm-hmm. So starting opening week, you have September 3rd, night game at Camp Randall against Illinois State. That's a win, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a pretty easy oh, to yeah. win. Next one, another non-conference game at home, afternoon game at 2.30, Washington State. This is considered their big big game of the home biggest home game of the year. Yeah. They beat Wazoo? Yes. Yeah, I think so, yes. too. New Mexico State the yep. next week? Yeah. All right, they start 3-0. and This is when it really starts, though. So if nothing else, they get like a little bit of a preseason against these teams. And then you've got Ohio State at the shoe in Columbus. Loss? If they keep it within 21, I'll be happy. <laughs> if they keep it within three touchdowns, yes. you're marking it down as a win? Yes. But, yes, of course, that is going to be a loss. Oh, I think Ohio State's the best team in college football and is going to win the national championship this year. What do you think it's down to? Alabama? It's going to be Ohio State and Alabama. I think it's just because of their quarterbacks. Yeah. Stroud and yep. Young? Yep. Who's better, Young or Stroud? Stroud. I don't know. I love Bryce Young. He just reminds me of Drew Brees when he stands back there in the pocket because he's a little shorter, yeah. thin guy. But Stroud has everything that you'd want. I'm in, That's going to be an intriguing thing to watch. But, yeah, I think week four, Ohio State's in Columbus. And Ohio State has an intriguing game week one to start off the season. Who they got? They have, they have Notre Dame. Ooh. Yeah. They'll kill them. Yeah, that's the thing. Notre Dame's corners are not that good, and I think they're going to feast on them. So. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting so one. So if they feast on Notre Dame, they're going to feast on Wisconsin. They're going to feast on Wisconsin. All right, next one, you got Illinois back at home. I uh, think that's a win. Yeah, that's a win. And I think, if my memory serves me right, that will be Bielema's first game back here. Yeah, probably. Because when they played here in the COVID season, that was Lovey Smith. And then we went down there. So, yeah, this will be Bielema's return finally. All right, here's the classic trap game in the Big Ten at Northwestern. They do terribly down there, but I don't think Northwestern is any good this year. Yeah, I'm going to take Wisconsin. So, If nothing else, you yeah. can still hand the football off to Braylon Allen and Chesma Lucy, and yep. hopefully that results in a win. So yep. I'll take them to win that one. So right now we've got them at, what, 5-1? and one? Correct. At Michigan State. That's a win. Really? Yep. I'm going to take them losing to okay. Michigan State. Okay. All right, so I've got them at two losses. You've got them at one. All right, versus Purdue at home, October 22nd. Win. Yeah, I'll take that as a win. Then Maryland at home. Win. Again, yeah, I'll take a win as well. At Iowa. That it will be another loss. That will be like a 10-3 to game. <laughs> two defenses. Classic Big Classic Ten Big football. Ten football. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Ten to three. Yeah, probably will be, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that one as a loss to Iowa as well. All right, two more games here at Nebraska. That will be a win. Yeah, I'll take them to beat Nebraska. Scott Frost is a joke. Mm-hmm. Such a joke. He's supposed to come in there and revitalize that place. Yeah, not even. He's not just even. taking it downhill even more. I mean, heck, I remember when Nebraska joined the Big Ten. They said they're going to win championship after championship. I think they've come close once. They went to the 
Big Ten title game against Wisconsin and lost 73 to 20. Oh, my something. goodness. Yeah, that so. was ridiculous. All right, final game of the season. We know what that means. At Camp Randall against Minnesota. It's a win, right? Yeah, there's no way they lose two years in a row. They get the axe back. So so you have them at what, 10 and 10 2? 10 and 2, and you have them at 9 and 3. Really? Wow. You'd be satisfied with 10 and 2? Yeah, I mean, it's 10 and 2, and probably not playing in the Big Ten championship game, unfortunately, because that loss to Iowa. Yeah, that is something to keep an eye on, too, yeah. That 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 very well could happen, because I think Iowa's schedule is... Uh, I got to be honest, I have them at 9-3. and three. Yeah. If Graham Mertz sucks, and they don't move on Eight to Wolf, four. I could see them being worse than that. And I, for the Badgers, that's not a successful season, no, right? No, no. At this point for the Badgers, a successful season isn't just getting into a bowl game. you got to at least be in the Big Ten Championship to be considered successful. So I, I don't see them really taking that big step forward that you'd hope. I don't see Graham Mertz taking that big step forward that could lead them to be a better football team than they've been in the past couple seasons. And I guess 9-3 and three would be fine. 10-2 and two would certainly be fine. I would hope that they're able to do these things, but I mean, some of these toss-up games where a Northwestern on the road, you better win that game, please. They have trouble there every time they go there. You have it's Purdue so at home. You have Purdue at home. I mean, this is that's the tough stretch right there. Like Ohio State's obviously the tough one, but the three-game stretch of at Northwestern, at Michigan State versus Purdue in the middle of the year is probably the toughest stretch. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, after oh, that, yeah. like to finish the season's a little bit of a challenge at Iowa, at Nebraska versus Minnesota, but I don't think it really touches. I mean, overall, I don't think this schedule is all that hard for the Badgers. No, not at all. I mean, you're you're avoiding some quality opponents, so I think that you know maybe they can get things rolling and at least hopefully get back to a Big Ten championship. But I don't, I just can't have faith in this team as long as Graham Mertz is the quarterback. I wish I could, I just can't. I, I just can't. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll get into some Packers football. But first, let our good friend Bart Winkler tell you about our good friends over at Fourth Base. Hey, guys, it's Bart Winkler. Quick message about Fourth Base Sports Bar. You have to be familiar with it by now. 45 years they've been up and running. But maybe you're not. Maybe you haven't gone yet to the Horseshoe Bar on National Avenue where Major League was filmed. Maybe you haven't seen a atmosphere where this looks like a pretty nice sports bar what's that over there a deli case menu with steaks and burgers and crab legs and pork chops and fish fry and kebabs and more you can get it all at the fourth base sports bar and restaurant again this is a unique setting where it's the great atmosphere to watch the game with the memorabilia everywhere but food like you are in the finest dining that you'll have in the great town that we live in. Pre-game, post-game, during the game, you want to make your own memories. Check them out, everybody, at the iconic fourth base on National Avenue. Check them out on Facebook. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. We'll talk Packers football next here on the Bart Winkler Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan. It's the Bart Winkler Morning Show. I'm Toby Altizer alongside Tim Shea. Here in the Lakeland University studios, earn co-op credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. Packers get underway with their joint practices today, starting at 10.30. How many fights? Hopefully not many. <laughs> Are you a fan of these joint practices? Um, If it helps the team, 
and if this helps the offense and defense and special teams and then yeah um because apparently you know i'm we're not there so i you know i can't vouch for this but apparently it helps helps them more almost than on game days yeah, I think when you get to go up against another team and get to see other things going on, I think it's a good way to see how your team looks. Get to go up against other competition, guys that don't know your playbook inside and out. You know, you look at when you play a team every single day and you play against the other unit in practice, they start knowing your stuff. You know, we talked with Antonio Freeman, and he talked about how Leroy would go and find out what the plan was for the day and basically thwart everything that the offense was trying to do that day. I'm sure there's guys that maybe don't do that in particular, but you get to know what's going on. And so now you bring in another team that's not familiar with your stuff. You're not familiar with their stuff, so you get to get some work in. And I think the reason that Matt LaFleur is so big on this is he at least gets to see what these guys go up against other competition, what they look like, and he gets to get the work in that he wants to do in a controlled environment against another team where there's not live contact. You, know, you got to think, when you put Aaron Rodgers out on the practice field, you can throw that red jersey on him and no one's going to hit him. You throw him out there in a preseason game and things are full go. You know, someone can come up and hit him low, someone can hit him hard, and next thing you know, he's knocked out, and then the season basically is a wash because you lost Aaron Rodgers. And I don't want to see that in a preseason game. I just don't think it's worth it. And so that's why they do these practices. Gives you a chance to get your one some practice against some other guys. I think this is going to be interesting to watch some of the receivers go up against the Saints' corners. Now, obviously, they go up against some pretty good corners in practice themselves, and Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes. So they're going to be ready to go. But now you have Marshawn Lattimore, guys that haven't seen your stuff yet. Think about Romeo Dobbs and what he's been able to prove in camp. Now you get to go up against guys that don't know your little intricacies and don't know everything about your game. So I'm interested to see what they can look like against them. They get in their work with Aaron Rodgers. It'd be interesting to see how much work you actually get out of Christian Watson at this point. You'd like to see him get on the practice field and go up against these guys. I don't think you're going to get tons and tons of that, though. So, I mean, this is an intriguing thing to watch. And I think it's kind of cool from a fan standpoint, Tim. Like, you get to go watch a lot of training camp practices, and you can go do that with the Packers. Just go up there and watch a training camp practice. And that's a really cool thing that they allow people to do. And that's awesome. It's an awesome thing. You get access that maybe you wouldn't usually have. You get autographs and all the different things that you get to do during a training camp practice. Now it's kind of cool because you get two teams worth. Like You get to see two teams in a laid-back environment. You get to see them practice and everything. But in a laid-back environment, then maybe you can get an autograph from a guy on the Packers and on the Saints. It's stuff like that you don't get to see usually. And you'll get to uh, see the Saints participate in going over to the practice field today, riding bikes. Mm -hmm. and they'll get to do that. So it's just... It's something fun to see, something different. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. I think it's a cool thing that they're doing, and I'm a big fan of it because I think it allows you to get your work in without putting your guys in harm's way, and I think that's the big reason why Matt LaFleur is a big fan of it. I think that's the reason you're seeing 
these things become a little bit more popular because, you know, through the years you've seen it every now and then, but it seems like every single team now is having at least one game from the preseason where they have the team coming into town a couple days early and doing some of their work together through these joint practices. And I think it's cool for the players, too, to be able to just see something else, just see a different look and make it feel like the season's quickly approaching. So I, I think you get to go up against the Saints, who obviously walloped you last year in Week 1, 38-3. Hopefully you don't have that again this season. Get some of that work in now against these guys. And I think it's going to be good for them that Dennis Allen is the coach of the Saints football team. Hopefully they can work together and put together a good game plan. You know, Dennis Allen being a first-year head coach, hopefully they can put together a good practice schedule, keep the fights to a minimum, do all the things necessary for that. But you go up against a defensive-minded guy, a guy that's given Tom Brady a lot of trouble throughout his career. Over the last couple of years, it seems like the Saints are the only team that knows how to really get to Tom. And so you go up against that sort of thing, not that they're going to give a complex game plan and all that stuff, but they're going to have a solid defense. And you've been going up against a really good defense all training camp if you're the Packers offense because, you know, your own defense is pretty stout. But now you get a different look. Now you get to go up against a really good defense and get your test in because you're going to have to be better than what maybe we've all been talking about. Like, the fact that this offense is going to come into the year without a true number one, you can talk about Alan Lazard all you want. He's not a true number one receiver. You're going to come in. I don't know when Tunyon gets back on the field, but even so, like, you're not coming in with, like, an elite-level tight end like a George Kittle or Travis Kelsey. Your slot receiver at this point is Randall Cobb. You've got a couple running backs, which I think gives you some hope. But overall, when you look at this offense, there's going to be some ups and downs and ups and downs. And I'm a little bit worried about them, but now it gives you a chance to get that work in. And Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a chance to go up against some of these things and get that live action against someone else. And he's not going to more than likely unless he plays in that final preseason game. So I'm interested to see exactly what comes out of this. I'm interested to see how this offense looks because honestly they can't come out dead like they were last year against the Saints in week one. That'll be a problem. If they come out and they have a similar showing like they did last year, then they're going to have to look at changing something up. They really are. I don't think that's going to be the case though. I think they're going to come out ready to go because as much as we want to talk about, you know, last year them getting killed in that week one opener, and how they haven't necessarily changed anything to this point, talking about, no, they haven't played their starters in the preseason and the way they go about that. You also have to think that Aaron Rodgers went through this entire experience. Majority of these guys on the offense as well went through this entire experience, and they know what that experience was like, and they know what preparation they had going into that game. So they're going to come in more prepared than they were last year because they're not going to let that happen again on purpose. So they're going to understand what level of preparation they came in with. They know that level doesn't work, so they're going to come in more ready. And I think overall, I'm pretty confident that that's going to happen. I don't think they get absolutely demolished like they did week one last year, partially because you got that extra motivation because you're going up against the Vikings. But even so, these are the important things. If they're going to make sure that they're going to be ready, 
That's what these joint practices are for. So I think that's why it's so important for this team to make sure that they get good work in here against these, limit the fights, just go about making sure you're doing your stuff. And then once all this is finished, you get on the preseason field, let Jordan Love do his thing, and I don't need to ever see Aaron Rodgers in the preseason. So I'm. it's going to be interesting to see what we hear out of this camp this week and hear out of these joint practices and what comes out of it. But I think it's going to be good for both sides, and I'm excited to see what it does for the Packers. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Matt LaFleur talked yesterday to the media. We'll hear from him next here on the Bart Winkler Show on 1250 AM. The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.